0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
1: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
4: listening to Parkins and Spiegel on 670 to score and it brings up Chris Bryant and Bryant receives a nice ovation
1: from the fans when they recall what a great player he was in a cub uniform for many years some of the
5: fans actually standing Chris not having a big year by any standard
1: especially considering he placed half of his games at Coors Field Bryant takes off his helmet and acknowledges the fans here at Wrigley you remember that name Chris Bryant I mean one of the all-time success stories of course guy who was the college player of the year then the minor league player of the year then the Rookie of the Year, and then the MVP in consecutive seasons. No one's ever done that as a baseball player. I can't imagine that anyone will ever do that again. Just an absolutely remarkable story with a dad, who helped groom him to be a truly great hitter from the get-go. We covered it in such detail in this town. His dad knew the swing from Ted Williams, who taught him the swing as a Red Sox farmhand. And and we watched Chris Bryant become one of the brightest and biggest stars in this sports town.
3: He made baseball look easy. He was a superstar. He had the, the look, the smile, the endorsements, the personality, the likability—he was uh, it was unbelievable. And everything that you just said in terms of the accolades, he he felt like and then was a sure thing, and
1: and a natural, right? Just yeah. like somebody born to play, uh, just incredibly comfortable doing it. It seemed oblivious to weird. Uh, outside pressures it had seen. Remember, I remember there was a time, Danny, when like people were like, "Oh, there were rumors out there that he's a drinker. He's a big drinker. He's been partying a lot because he's so handsome and whatever." And then it was
3: the exact opposite.
1: Yeah, it was exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. guy, guy had never had a
3: drink in his life. Yeah, growing up in Vegas and was not a drinker. Yeah, yeah, it was, the, it was the exact opposite. That's what I was like. You know, it's not the nine figure contract and the good athleticism and the excellent looks and all that that makes me not be able to relate to you. It's that you grew up in Vegas and you don't gamble or drink. <laughs> uh, so it was just that. It was odd. I was like, yeah, yeah we're different. Um, but, I mean, he's a legend. He's best player on the Cubs World Series team. Yes. Like, j- just that, that simple, right? So for a ton of Cubs fans, he's got to be one of your favorite Cubs ever. Best player on the most important Cubs team ever.
1: And, and, and you, you allowed yourself to think about all kinds of things. One was going to be here a long time for this dynasty. Yeah. Cornerstone. Uh, another was, this is this going to be one of the all-time great Cubs. Another was, maybe he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And a, a dominant one was, they got to lock him up. Got to sign him to a contract. Can't let him go. Scott Boris's agent, he's going to push it all the way. they got to offer him a contract. Did they? There's rumors that they did. They didn't. Were they going to get him? No, it looks like he's going all the way to free agency, all the way up until the deadline when he got traded to the Giants and cried in the dugout that day.
3: I wanted them to sign him. I, that, it's like, I was like, he's the best player. Stop. He's the best player. Just bring him back keep him here if he can't be a cub for life who can be mm. yeah it, like, that was that was the thought the one that I that I thought should have been more than Rizzo more than more than Baez like I was like I was like he he's the one who who should have been I was mad about Schwarber but he was the one that I still wanted to believe in the just like the pure Pure talent of
1: it. Yeah, no, I understand because a beautiful base runner, an incredible defender, um, you know, so flexible at multiple different positions. I remember being worried that the league had figured him out and he didn't seem to have a counter, didn't seem to have a counter move. So, and and just
3: just numbers wise, Danny, if we can like just to talk about that part of it. But people are probably wondering why we're talking about Chris Bryant. That's fair, you know. And there's a story that came out in the Athletic where. Like I bet you a lot of people don't even know that Chris Bryant's on the Rockies. You know, He signed that huge deal, and he. there's this piece by Sam Blum of of The Athletic where he has this quote, looking back on it, honestly, I wish things went a little differently. And he references this billboard that was up outside of Wrigley before he had played for the Cubs that said, worth the wait. Uh-huh. He said, I didn't know that billboard was going to be up there, but if I did, I probably would have been like, let's not do that. Let me just go out there and play ball and let me be who I am. Mm -hmm. And he then talks about, it sounds like he kind of regrets signing with the Rockies and the process at which he signed with the Rockies. He said that he should have done more due diligence on their prospects.
1: Yeah, I think that's that part of it, I think, is a weird cop-out myself because they're terrible and they're obscure. And you're right. He says, like, oh, I I didn't do as much research into the prospects as I could – um, that kind of thing. I I think this guy chose wealthy, anonymous obscurity. And I think some of the quotes in there are are him admitting it. The, the quote earlier where he says, you know, there's so much desire to be the best you can be, be the best in the game, get to the mountaintop. But at the same time, as I'm getting older, you have to have the right perspective to first get to that point. I think at certain times throughout my career, I've lost some perspective. It's made me spiral more than I need to. And he talks about being a Rocky as a player, it's an easier spot to be in because you don't really have that outside pressure like the Dodgers are going to have. They invest a lot of money in good players. So they have to go out there and win. For us, we can be someone
3: that nobody talks about. My God, man. Yeah. I mean, but listen, saying we can be someone that no one talks about, reading it how you read it with that inflection, we hear all the time. Were the under the radar team? Nobody believes in us. We 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 hear that stuff all the time about it's true. We talk we talk about the pressures of a big market and expectations as opposed to the nobody believed in us overlooked team. Like it's easier to be yeah. the hunter than the hunted. We and, we talk about that stuff all the time. And the
1: writer warns me not to connect the dots. I'm connecting.
3: Yeah, it doesn't. He, he says yeah. he
1: says it right in there.
3: Yeah, he, he says you know it would be it would be
1: natural to do that, and then that's when he segues to the. Like, I should have done more work at the Prospects. I I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I am connecting those dots. B- because, Danny, I watched his love for the situation and the game
3: decay in real time. Well, I think that two things can be true, though. I think that he could have had his love wane with baseball and felt the pressure of the billboard – And the weight of... Cubdom. Cubdom and the spotlight and 108 years and all that. But we weren't saying any of that when the pressure was at... When the billboard was up and when they hadn't won. That was when he was performing at his best. Well, but the last couple of years... There wasn't pressure uh, the same, in the same way.
1: Oh, no, no. I think there was a lot of pressure after the – there was more pressure, I think. Th- there was more pressure after they won no. than there was before they won. No. Absolutely. No, they were like – No, no, no. They were young, <laughs> and and and, and, and he, he could withstand it. And then as soon as they won, it's like, dynasty, here we go. You got, like, got, got to do it again. Got to do it again. Expected to win. Oh, just made it to the NLCS? That's not far enough. You know, and the disappointment, well, and that, that pressure. But
3: that I, I just think that's different pressure, man. I mean, I was here doing all those shows with you. You think that there was more pressure on the Cubs to win after they won the World Series than than the pressure of a hundred and eight years? Yes, I, I don't.
1: I, I think they won. They won because they didn't allow themselves to feel all the pressure because that wasn't them. They weren't measuring against their own possibilities and their own success. And then once they won, they were expected to have more of their own possibilities and success. Yeah, I do think it was more pressure. Yeah,
3: I, I I I don't I think I think it was different. And like what well, you're talking about, like of the of the dynasty. And then I think, man, what those guys dealt with was the pressure of getting paid. They that all, was a big part the, of it, too. So, so, to me, that's just like... A, so maybe. So, maybe we're saying the same thing. Like, the individual pressure was which one of us is going to get the $300 million contract? Which one of us is going to get the $200 million contract? How many of us are going to be able to stay here? Are they going to choose me, Anthony mm-hmm. Rizzo? Are they going to choose me, Chris Bryant? Are they mm-hmm. going to choose me, Javi Baez? They're not going to be able to choose all of us. I, I think there was, like, individual pressure there was. on that. But the team pressure, in my opinion, was the, the World Series. But he seemed to... When he, he still got the huge deal, there, has there been reporting on like four other teams offering huge deals? Not that and, I know of. And, and he chose obscure you – know, So if there was a deal that was $180 million from San Francisco and from New York and Colorado and the Cubs – San
1: Francisco didn't want to resign him. They traded for him and then I, had the experience and I, were like, no. I, so I, I,
3: hear, I hear what you're so saying. So if, you, if he would have chose Colorado – among four high-priced deals, then I'd be right there with you that Chris Bryant was, like, scared or running from playoff games and spotlight. But I he, think
1: he took the money. I, I I think he is thrilled to have gone away from the spotlight.
3: Did that read like a guy who's thrilled? Uh, Did not read it like a guy who was thrilled to me. And, and
1: no, he's a guy who's talking about how it's easier to be in this spot.
3: Well, he's and, talked about and, his, how, his, how his production dipped with injury. Okay, I
1: I I I, I disagree. I, I disagree. I, I and and I I really I think he he had other choices. Maybe not for the same money. He wanted to get paid. He wanted to get paid, and he didn't. He he didn't care if it was necessarily the most competitive spot. And he 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 lost the joy for it, and you could see it. And I I absolutely think that the 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 um the obscurity of colorado was appetizing yeah he said, and I, here he admits it
3: yeah he I mean, he also i mean he says on this thing that he thinks that injuries are the reason why he hasn't been producing since he's been there well
1: yeah so. it it, it, it I, I don't think it's just injuries he has fallen apart as a hitter like the numbers his barrel rate, his exit velocity, his expected slugging, all of that has absolutely gone in the tank. He just doesn't hit the ball hard off the barrel of the bat anymore. And you saw that happening and he did not counter it like we were talking about. It it just feels tragic. Does it feel tragic to you? It feels I, sad and tragic a little bit to me.
3: I mean, he's got a an MVP, a World Series ring and 200 plus million in career earnings. So, it, you know. It- yeah,
1: it, I'm projecting it onto him. I'm projecting on. I think a lot of fans are probably feeling that. What you projected onto him, like what should be his career, what should be his legacy. Yeah. He's, you know, maybe he is happy. Maybe he is happy just making money and playing baseball in a place where no one gives a crap and no one in the country pretty much gives a crap. You liked him for quite a while, right, Danny?
2: Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Danny, big Chris Bryant fan. And I mean, now he's bad.
3: It's, it is crazy, man, that he, Chris Bryant, doesn't have 200 career homers yet. It's wild. Yeah, it is wild. I mean, in terms of just the overall, in 2021, he had 25 homers. Since 2021, he's got 15 homers, mm-hmm. five in 2022, and 10. Last year, and again, injuries, a huge part of 80 games last year, 42 games the year before. His last full season was 2021, played 144 games and hit 25 bombs with uh, OPS plus of 124 and was an all-star in his last full season where he was healthy.
1: When when we were there and we would see them at times, you know, when we're doing shows there and stuff and KB... KB started to shrink away from from the media, to shrink away from his teammates. No question. And and shrink away from from all of it. And this is this is after they won when the when when like the focus got just so intense and the expectations got so high and certain people are, you know are, are not are not built for that kind of thing when the pressure gets that massive.
3: And, so you think if he would have had a seven-year, $182 million contract from the Yankees and a seven-year, $182 million contract from the Rockies, he chooses the Rockies?
1: 100%. 100%. And maybe some of that is a beautiful place to live. And he and his wife want a quieter existence. Sure. You know? And it's like, I don't, I don't fault him for making whatever human choice and family choice made sense. But... That is a dog crap organization who everybody knew was a dog crap organization. And to believe that they were gonna compete or gonna be good at anything was 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 folly. At, at the time and we knew it at the time. As soon as it happened, I was like, what? Really? Colorado? Well, but you know, I think the goal was to eventually get paid. And he did get paid. Yo, he he, 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 he got def- the hundred and eighty million dollar deal, the generational wealth achieved speaks G- what do you think would have happened if he stayed here for his
2: entire career
1: it's a great question he would have had to face the demons and get over it do you face think he could fears? have
3: i yeah I, I do i i not not I, if he was hurt like you know i mean the, the he hasn't played enough games
2: yeah but you recover from injury but like personally mentally what would happen with chris bryant if he were if he were the paul canerco if he were a cub for life.
1: Yeah, and is an interesting one because Kinerko made himself miserable and hated the day-to-day at some point and then got through it, got over it somehow, you know, channeled it somehow. And that that's definitely the psychology that I'm fascinated by here. It's like instead of conquering what seemed to be his demons as he lost the love for it, he just went to a place where, it, you know, nobody cares about it that much and he, just, he doesn't have to care about it that much and these quotes are him admitting that it's okay he's just he's that guy getting a lot of points on a bad team in the nba just well kinda... not, he's
3: not getting a lot of points <laughs> you know what I mean? that, that's the thing like the last time he was healthy was 2021 and he was an all-star and he had a good season and he was an above average offensive player mm-hmm. and he hasn't been since like i it didn't read to me like a guy who doesn't care um read to, it, it read sad it definitely read sad Um, But a a lot of people are
1: disagreeing with me as you were about there being more pressure leading up. I just think it was
3: different. I I, I think I think I think it was different. I I think the pressure on the team was way higher before. And I think the pressure on the individual after they all had that success was career based. I think
1: I think the pressure for the fan experience was way higher before. But those guys were just just trying to be good. And that's why it worked because they were not feeling that pressure. They were just like, "How far can we go? What can we do? How far can we
3: go?" Well, no, but the slogans beforehand were, "We are good. Try not to suck." Uh Like you know, sure. There, there was, there was, there was pressure that they felt about the Cubs and being asked about ending the the drought and all of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know, it was it's pretty easy to 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 puncture that. It was like you know, all you guys are doing is, is is trying to be good. And then afterwards, when when you're great, okay, now you have to be great now you have to be great i mean it's a different kind of pressure but to me it's way more after you've already won and you got to try and do it again
3: it'd be interesting to ask those guys now if they felt more pressure before the world series or or after and what like if they could transport themselves into that time and space because i mean i remember doing those shows with you in 2017 and we would think about like what would have happened if they would have lost game 7 oh, like yeah. you know what i mean like that that would have now it's 109 years, you get there, you don't win. Mm. We would have we were saying, now imagine how history would have played out. We we did that a lot it's in true. 17, 18, 19. And the only reason why it wasn't crazier was because they had that banner. Like I remember that being the backdrop of the whole thing. Imagine if they had lost game seven, mm. how ridiculous all of that stuff would have been. The the Baez MVP season, the 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 series against the Dodgers that they lost in what five like that that, that would have been the the playoff the one single game game like it was the wild card game it was it was like that ah, sucks but it's it's okay mm-hmm. they're not going to be a dynasty but they got but they got the one
1: i just think i think fans Win one are, before i die fans are imprinting like the generational pressure that that we felt and related to our elders that most of the players would would just give some lip service to but when they would go out and play the game, they were just playing the game, you know? So it, it's, it, it's, it'd be a good question to ask them directly. But, like, from our experience, it's one thing. From the players' experience, I think it's a, a very, very different thing.
3: So we're going to talk to Tim Dillard coming up. What is the thing that you most want to learn on the, on the conversation.
1: Yeah, so Tim Dillard um, does, does games for Bally Sports up there in Milwaukee for the Brewers games. Does pre and post. His dad was a big leaguer. He was a big leaguer. I want to know how council is going to put together this roster. I've fallen in love with the idea of Alexander Canario on this team as a DH possibility, as a guy who can play all three infield positions. He played center field today, and I've seen Miles Mastroboni projected to make this roster, and I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? You know, so I want to think about, like, how council uses players, how we might be thinking about putting together this roster, that kind of thing.
3: So, we're gonna see, we're gonna put Cubs hypotheticals through someone who knows council's managerial tendencies next on the score.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart
3: knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game
0: you have 47 new voicemails
3: download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollars per order additional terms apply
0: odyssey celebrates mother's day brought to you by t-mobile you can count on t-mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network
2: the parkinson spiegel show i am actually doing a radio show with parkinson spiegel and i wasn't particularly good i mean not that's a new thing afternoons on
4: the score it's not last year it does last year in a lot of senses like doesn't it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. It's not going to necessarily help us this year. It's not going to play the games for us, if it was good or bad. So we've got to do what's in front of us and, and worry about what's in front of us. And all of our goals is to you know, get into a better space and per- keep getting better and perform better. Keep taking steps forward. Collectively, we're going to you know hopefully have a bunch of people take steps forward there's going to be some guys that take steps back and at the end of the year that adds up to an net plus so i guess if you want to say that like that way but it's a new group man that's how i see it
3: that's craig Counsel, new cubs manager we're gonna have a bears report from the combine with mark grody at five o'clock but joining us now and you can see him on our twitch and youtube stream does analysis for <laughs> the brewers Valley sports
1: boy what did I miss no he's just he's got an entertaining face and he knows it so his eyebrow oh. control is remarkable it's just a dim tillard or tim dillard is really skilled at the rubber of a tim dillard yeah well either way but uh, goodness have you always
5: had great eyebrow control like that dim yeah acquired over many years but no I I don't know I, for whatever reason I could always raise both <laughs> eyebrows and so they're very animated they take on a life of their own it's the Belushi look. That's very impressive.
3: Very <laughs> impressive. I actually, as I was like, okay, we're going to have him on. Let's, uh, let's check. So. I just like the the content that you do in the school pickup line.
5: Yeah, I, I was just there. I was just there. I, I just picked up my youngest and got back here so I could jump on the Zoom. So Well, very much I appreciate that.
3: I, I don't know if it's the same at your kid's school or what age they are, but like for, for my, my kid, he's, he's only four, so it's like a preschool thing. Some of the parents line up. And they like hand off their kids, and some of us stay in the car, and the teachers will come to the car and get the kid out of the back seat. And I really judge the people that get out of the car and line up and stand there and like socialize with other people. I'd much rather stay in my car and my lonesome.
5: Yeah, well, we don't drop them off at school. We shove them onto the bus. Perfect. You know, in, in the morning, it's only at night. There's something wrong with the bus system, so it's like. We wanted to get home at four o'clock as opposed to like five 30, right? <laughs> That's like already nighttime now with the time changes. So I don't know, I don't mind doing it, but if I'm going to sit in my car for an hour, I'm not going to just waste time. So I started making videos. So it's I'm great. glad they're relatable. I'm glad they're relatable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're they very relatable. Extremely so. Uh,
1: Tim Dillard does pregame and postgame for Brewers Television. And we want to talk to you about Craig Council and what he might do in terms of roster building and managing and all of that. But but first, um, you got to the Independent League, I believe, in 2013 and then played seven more years of baseball after that. You're you're a crazy person. Why do you like <laughs> baseball so much and just kept trying and trying and trying?
5: Yeah. I actually tried other things, right? Like I tried to find a good time to retire and everything would always fall through and, and as somehow ended up getting a baseball job. And as you get older, it's actually really hard to do. I actually went to Mexico for spring training in 13, got fired, ended up in independent ball, made that team, got picked up by the Brewers. And then I was a free agent the next year. They didn't sign me back. And then I went to independent ball, then they signed me back. And so rinse, repeat that for, you know, seven years. Uh, but yeah, played professional baseball for 18 seasons, and uh, you know when broadcasting came up, and they were like, "Hey, we need you to retire, you know, so you can do some broadcasting." And my wife was like, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah it's it's a it's a hard life. It's not an easy life. But uh, my last full season was in 2019. I'm in Nashville. I live in Nashville, and I was playing for the Nashville Sounds in AAA. And so my kids, I got three kids. And they all got to watch me pitch and compete. So a lot, of, you know, a lot of players can't say that they've done that. So I don't know if I'm a good broadcaster, but I was a very good minor league baseball player for a long time.
3: <laughs> so as we're talking to Tim Dillard, who does work for, for Brewers Broadcast, you were also offered a job with the Brewers coaching staff. What's your relationship with counsel, and where was he at in, in, in that time period of your life?
5: Uh, I don't, he wasn't even the, the manager at that time. Um, I was asked to retire in like 2014 uh, by upper management. And they were like, hey, your chances are you're never going to play in the big leagues again. So just start coaching. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, because I mean, it's the same exact life, uh, but you don't get the satisfaction of playing so right. much. And mm-hmm. So luckily I kept weaseling my way back into professional baseball and I ended up kind of doing both. I feel like I didn't get paid for a coach you know, I didn't get like two salaries, like player coach, but, and didn't have that title, but being a player and being around as long as I was, suddenly I'm looking around and nobody knows who the San Diego chicken is. You know, like <laughs> I realize I'm the oldest guy in the league and I'm the oldest guy in the bullpen. And <laughs> all of a sudden the guys are like asking you questions. And I thought they were patronizing me for a long time. Uh, I was oldest guy in A in 2014 and, um, I'm down in the bullpen. I'm like 10 years older than some of the guys or more. And they're asking me about you know, getting married. They're asking me about kids. They're talking about the big leagues and they wanted to know advice. And so luckily I got to pitch and I got to kind of, you know, spill some knowledge, uh, but coaching, you know, I feel like I could coach, but right now I, I really enjoy the broadcast side. I mean, you guys can see this, right? You just love the entertainment value of it, and just getting to to see what goes on.
1: Absolutely. All right. So you were Crash Davis, which is another old movie that nobody knows. <laughs> um. So, it's, so tell us your impressions of Craig Council, having covered the game, as well as obviously played and been around him as much as much as you have. Is he one of the smartest people in the game? That's the way Jed Hoyer described him. Just what, regardless of general manager, manager, whatever, just smart baseball
5: human. Yeah. Well, I think the best people in baseball to me are the ones that pay attention. And he just, he pays attention to everything. And it's something, I don't know if, if everybody has that skill, but if you play professional baseball long enough, you, you acquire that skill. Uh, for me, I just observe everything. I, I couldn't help it. As a pitcher sitting in the bullpen, you want to see what kind of swings the batters are getting, because that may be the type of swing you're facing, you know, in the seventh inning. So you just notice everything. Craig Council's always been that way. Uh, we were teammates back in the day. I guess technically he was my manager for an exhibition game, like in 2016 or 17, maybe. Uh, I'm sure there's some spring games where he was my manager, and then and then just covering him in the broadcast side. Like he just very rarely does anything slip through the cracks. Like he just he knows what he's doing. It's baseball. He wakes up. He just kind of knows what to do because he's seen a thing or two, right? It's like that insurance commercial. <laughs> He knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. And uh, he was actually one of the first guys I went to in 2010 spring training. Uh, I was in big league camp and they moved me from a conventional over-the-top guy to sidearm. And I wanted to know how to get left-handed hitters out. Me being a sidearm righty, uh, right-handed hitters were going to be easier to get out than lefties. And so what better than a guy that's got 16 years in the show (laughs) to ask about facing a left-handed pitcher. And so he gave me some amazing advice. He had faced everyone on the planet, right? So, um, he's seen so much that he just kind of categorizes. And so you apply that to a managerial job. Uh, and it's all about how can I make this guy better? How can I utilize him the most? And if you watch in any of the Cubs games, spring training games, which maybe I've caught one or two, uh, it's all about this guy can play multiple positions. You look at Cody Ballinger, they sign him back. You can play first and center field. Like Craig Council loves that because it gives him more options to put people in positions to succeed.
3: Okay, so that's interesting. When you say he categorizes things and he values versatility, so is that we're going to see 100 different lineup combinations? Is that DH is going to be floating? You know, Where do you think practical applications of that will come for this Cubs team?
5: Well, if you look at the Braves, the Braves is probably the easiest lineup in the world to, to ride out. Right. Like that was look at last year. I mean, how how are you going to win manager of the year by just writing down the same (laughs) names in the same spots every single day? Dave Roberts Uh, will show
1: you this year. (laughs) He's going to do it.
5: Yeah. But Craig found great success. And with the Brewers, by doing that, by, by switching it around, it's almost like you're always trying to get it right. And that's the sign of a baseball player. Like you may go out and throw if you're a pitcher and throw the best inning ever. But maybe something didn't feel right. Maybe something didn't come out right. Maybe you weren't fully behind a the pitch. There's always something to work on. There's always something to tweak and make better. I feel like that's what Craig brings. Uh, I think that's why he was so successful with the Brewers is he's willing to shuffle guys in the order, uh, willing to play guys a little out of their comfort zone. Um, and not, I mean, the analytics play a play a role, but at the same time, he's got a great gut that he relies on. And so it's no it's no joke that, you know Pat Murphy uh, is going to be the manager of this Milwaukee Brewers team. And what a clash. I mean, we saw them shaking hands in the game. I believe that was yesterday. Yep. Uh, It's just going to be a big one because these are two people that pay attention to the game. They love the game. They're passionate about the game, and they're willing uh, to kind of think outside the bun when it comes to trying to put the best offense, the best defense, and the best situations out on the field.
1: Talking to Tim Dillard, does pre and post for Brewers games and played pro ball for 18 years. (laughs) Um, it, was he doing the eyebrows thing? I, I missed it. Uh, he's,
3: yeah. he's mocking your reset. <laughs> oh, is this an eyebrow
1: free zone? I didn't no, know. You're no, good. no, no. Keep, keep no, you're doing you, man. We need more. We need more. It. Yeah, we need yeah, more. We, we more. want to show yeah. the. We want to see the full range of your <laughs> eyebrow capabilities. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm thinking about the bottom of this roster. So this is tricky because, as always, like a guy like Pete Crow Armstrong is, they think maybe a future starter a future star. So I bet he goes to AAA because they want to play every day, stuff like that. Like, so, so I'm thinking about two players and let me give you the idea miles mastroboni who could play all over the infield and moonlight a little in a corner outfield spot if needed right lefty hitter very little pop but you know a big league like a classic 25th guy or 26th guy right alexander canario right-handed power bat can play all three outfield spots. They played him in center today, which is an indication that they want to make sure that he can play center. Like So would he more likely keep a big-time power bat who could be a DH or play some outfield spots or a scrappy, lefty, you know, overachiever type? You know in council like you do. What do you think?
5: Well, I mean, if you look at what the Brewers last year did under council, Ah, uh, you start looking at the pitching; they were first in ERA, um, and it's about keeping runs off the board. And I, you know, you have some big bats in the in the Cubs lineup. So to me, it's almost like I, I have no idea. How would I know that? I cover the Brewers, man. Ask me about the Cubs. Um, but I would say he's going to err on the side of. He wants really good defense out there. I mean, really, you want every single player in the field to be the best at offense and the best at defense, right? But there's only like a handful of guys in all of baseball that that fit that description. So there's a bunch of other guys, like I was included in that. Like I can kind of do one thing okay, uh, but if you have a guy that can really play defense, that goes a long way with Craig. It goes a long way with pitchers. And when you start looking at this pitching staff, and you got some of these lefties uh, that are going out there, Wicks looked really good. Um, of course, Steele's gonna be just fine. Hendricks, uh, you, you got these guys that are uh gonna go out there and they're gonna pitch really well. They want plays to be made. And so I I I would err on the side of he's gonna make sure that the best defense is out there to keep runs off the board. Mm-hmm. Um and if push comes to shove, figure out a way to scrape some runs across. I mean, that's been the track record uh in Milwaukee for the last, you know, what, nine-ish years. So uh, I would err on the side of defense, but you know what? That's what spring training's for to see how the team shapes up, and it's still early. I mean, barely February, right? Or I don't know what leap day means. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Nobody all. does. Almost March. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah.
3: Uh, will he call guys out? Jed Hoyer was quoted as saying, you know, I, I hear you could be kind of difficult to work with sometimes uh, in, in, their, in their first meeting, but he meant it in a good way and that he will challenge him and he will challenge the status quo and all of that. What's the vibe around him in that way?
5: I mean, he, he shows great respect for everybody and he's the man in charge. So everything's going to kind of stem from that. He wants, he knows how he wants things to run, um, and, you know, give get a little bit from what's already there and then bring what he, you know, brings and that there's a, there's a mixture there. And if there's one question, so I, t- I text counsel after he, uh, got the job, I was actually laughing myself. I was like, this is a, this is absurd in the most amazing way, because how how much better can baseball be than a Brewers Cubs game going forward, right? Right. Yes. Oh, we wish we wish you guys hired David Ross. I'll do
1: respect to Pat
5: Murphy. Yeah. You guys should yeah, have hired totally Ross. Old, yeah. huh. Uh, but nobody that's what was so strange, because like I didn't no one thought Ross was even on the hot seat. You know, that's why it kind of came out of pun intended left field. But um yeah, I I think he just he knows how he wants things to go and he knows the trickle down of information. He puts a lot of people with a lot of responsibility and, you know, everybody comes back to him. And so the communication is key. He came. I remember when he first I think it's first spring training as manager. Um, He came over to the minor league side. That's where I was <laughs> and for the Brewers. And he just told the story of like, it's not going to be, I think at the time, the 25 man roster. It's not going to be 25 guys getting this done. It's going to be. 30 or 40 yeah. or 50 guys in the big leagues to get it done. And then he goes on to say, and coaching staff, he's like, it's going to take everybody to get this done. And that's what it does. He brings everybody in together and on the same page, but he is the one that writes down the page and what's on it.
1: Yeah. You know, he, and he's intimated that, that like it's about way more than just whatever roster breaks camp. Um, last thing for you, uh, Tim, what's the weirdest thing any manager of yours ever did? you probably had some crazy managers along the way uh, at, at lots of different levels. Does it have to be a manager? No, uh, no, it could well, be
5: whatever you want. The craziest thing, a teammate or a manager ever did. Well, I'm not going to dig too deep, but uh, <laughs> I remember I got called up to rookie ball in 2003. And as soon as I get there, Ed Cedars, my manager, legendary Brewers uh, coach now retired. Um, I'd known him at that time, probably like 20 something years. I'd known him since I was five years old. Here's a player coach for my dad, by the way, my dad played for the Cubs. I didn't know if y'all knew that or not. I don't really say that a lot in Milwaukee, but so <laughs> I get to, I get to Helena, Montana in 2003 and I see Eddie and Eddie's like, have you met your pitching coach? And I was like, no, I haven't. He's like, let's see if we can find him. So we're walking around the double wide trailer clubhouse and we end up going out in the left field and my pitching coach is laying face down and just sliders. In left field. And uh, ended up getting to uh, to meet him. His name is Mark Littell. He has since uh, departed this earth, but an amazing human. He actually wrote some books and invented some things. But Mark Littell is by far the craziest uh, coach that I have ever come across. Taught me so much. Amazing human. Uh, But he invented a, I don't know, is this G-rated? No. I don't know. No. You you can work blue. I'm going to keep it there. But an athletic supporter. You know, he invented a. (laughs) an athletic supporter and to prove that it worked um he wore one and almost nothing else and took a 100 miles an hour uh baseball from a <laughs> pitching machine of where an athletic supporter goes oh
1: no intentionally
5: intentionally oh. and yeah he uh <laughs> he survived
3: <laughs> yeah good for him good for him
5: yeah. so anyway shout out to
1: Steve Dillard come. <laughs> shout out to steve dillard tim's dad a red sox a tiger and a cub and a white Sox. love player. you dad yeah that's all awesome. right
3: well tim this has been a lot of fun man thank you and uh keep doing the content in the pickup line and we'll talk again down the road thank you sir
5: <laughs> awesome thanks guys thanks thank Tim. you
3: that's tim dillard he does brewers games that's
1: a, that's a fun it's a fun friend to make from milwaukee baseball if we ever need it
3: yeah absolutely oh god baseball just Th- creates those types of characters it does man.
1: man i didn't realize he was steve dillard's son that's awesome.
3: Yeah. Five home runs for the Cubs in the 1980 season, it looks like.
1: You can add him to the list for the uh, when, when the Crosstown series comes and we do the category of guys who played for the White Sox and the Cubs. <laughs> Steve Dillard. Steve Dillard.
3: At, add him to the list. Add him to the list. We can do that. Uh, He mentioned something that is extra weird about today before a Mark Grody Bears report. Parkinson's Spiegel on the score.
1: Everybody, we are live. The Parkinson's Spiegel Show. Strange twists and turns with the guys over there on the Parkinson's Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. We're having a little fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much.
2: Uh, It is great to be here hosting Saturday Night Live. My name is John Mulaney, and if you're watching at home and you don't know who I am, I'm sorry. Uh, I am like Louis Farrakhan. I mean a lot to a small group of people. It's a
1: uh, Leap Year Saturday, and I am the first person to ever host Saturday Night Live
2: on a Leap Year Saturday. It's very exciting. Yes. I am also the first host to have done the least in between his second and third time's hosting. I have nothing coming up. I am here to promote the month of March. March, if winter had spring, March.
3: (laughs) It's a great slogan for March. Mullaney. He's good at that stand-up thing.
1: Oh, he's funny.
3: We got a Bears Report from the Combine with Mark Grody at five o'clock. I don't find him that funny. I'm just
2: telling Tanny, I'm not a John Mullaney guy at all. Such a
3: contrarian.
2: Yeah. I I don't know what you're missing. No, I just don't think he should be allowed to date Olivia Munn. (laughs) Married.
3: That's 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 kid. No, not married. Oh, just no
2: dating. He left his wife for Olivia Munn. Right. And I don't think that should be allowed. He's a dork. He's really good at comedy, man. Really, really good.
1: good. Oh, very good. Yeah. Disagree. Yeah, well, you uh, know. It's okay. You got that thought and the Kid Rock, one of the best musicians on the planet. <laughs> My what? name is Kid! It's Shane and Chris! Do you guys know any Leaplings?
3: That's people boring on this day. Just one. I know one. Leapling. Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, really? My yep. friend Jenny. All right. She's good at basketball.
1: <laughs> How many points did she score in the All Star game?
3: Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton is six years old.
1: <laughs> See, that's the thing, man. Yeah. It's yeah. it's weird. This is not a legal day. Like, I don't even understand that this day doesn't count. Like, if this is your birthday, you, your birthday is actually March first on other days, on other years. I mean,
3: do you do it on March first, or do you do it February twenty eighth? Apparently, March first. How come? I I don't know. Okay. I, I mean, I read... I, just, I thought you were the expert. Well, no. I, I read some stuff, <laughs> not got all it, the got, stuff. Got it, all right. I would think that that would be at your discretion if you wanted your birthday to be a day earlier or a day later. I think in terms of celebration,
1: personally, <laughs> you're absolutely right. They don't tell you when to celebrate. You're allowed to do that on the 28th if you want. <laughs> Big birthday. <laughs> Sad. But in terms of legally, like when your license expires, you know oh, what I mean, okay. yeah, 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 or sure. when your passport <laughs> expires. If yeah. that comes up in a year that's not a leap year, I see. That's when that's they use more March to be first.
3: March 1st. They make you wait that extra day. <laughs> All
1: right. It's not really waiting an extra day. though. I, I understand. This day doesn't exist. Well, it doesn't exist in those day.
3: years, right? But in this year, it does.
2: Shane found out why this day exists. Right? Why, why does it exist? So. It, As we're rotating around the sun every year, it's not actually 365 days. It's 365 days and six hours.
3: Right. It's 365 and a quarter days. Right. Right. So
2: every four years, we have to add that pesky February 29th day. But
3: it's
1: still not exact as we try to match up with the astronomical uh, calendar. So there are 28 days in February, except when the year is divisible by four. But you don't add one when the year is divisible by 100, but you do add one when the year is divisible by 400. This is 112, true. 112, 129, 101, 126, 148, 116, 152, 17, 103. I learned this from Neil deGrasse Tyson, so it's not even. They can't he even get it. Know. Yeah, they can't even <laughs> right. get it right with the four-year thing. They have to change it up so every 100 years, you don't do it, even though that's divisible by four. And even that doesn't work entirely.
2: So when it's divisible by 400, you do it. But you guys want to pay taxes? <laughs> Absolutely not. We can't even figure out time. And you want to sit there and pay your yeah, taxes yeah. and credit? We Just are... don't pay them. you will be fine. <laughs> That'll work.
3: Agreed. Yeah, will be fine.
1: Worked for Capone, you
3: know? Yeah, didn't fa- it? Yeah, yeah, famously famously yeah. yeah how we how
1: we group eternity is we're, flawed how we do it i mean we're not good at how it. We, we all me- stopped
3: how we measure time yeah distance <laughs> i mean metric system be
2: customary oh my god you know, well, distance is easy that's con- that's concrete <laughs>
3: No, no, n- not with it. miles, kilometers, inches, feet, meters,
2: yards. It's all different. Y- yeah, but it's it's like the unit is different, but the distance is the same.
1: Yeah, it doesn't change. Depend- well, it, does, it probably does change depending on the curvature of the earth. If you go far enough.
2: If you believe the earth is curved. <laughs> okay, right, yeah, yeah, back to the tight end prospect today.
1: But, uh, but, Danny, today's a bonus day. Today is a day yeah. that you should be allowed to do something that you don't ordinarily get to do. And that came up in my house today. Um, because we were talking about it this morning and, and Ruben said, I know what I want to do. And me and Christine were like, what? And he said, I want to play the morning games with you. The ones that we never let him play.
3: You normally exclude him from morning
1: games.
3: 100%. But so, isn't he the child? Well,
1: yeah, but these are our
3: games
4: Oh, okay. for our
1: time. Wordle connections, mm. spelling bee, the mini crossword, like the New York times Got little it. assortment of games. Yeah. So he asked to play it today and he played it. And he was annoying as all hell. Oh Just wow! Know it all, like oh yeah, oh sure. He picked weird words and stuff. So I'm glad he doesn't get to do that for another four years. So Wordle's
3: still going, huh?
1: Oh my god, Wordle's yeah, Wordle's still going big time. Wordle's and Connections going- is the new craze.
3: So Connections is the new one. Yeah. Okay, I'm a big fan. I don't do connections. How how does connections work?
1: Connections is uh, 16 words, and you got to group them in four groups of four. Figure out what the connection is. You'd like it. I'm sure
2: it would. You love language.
1: I do. So, yeah, you got to figure out if certain words go together in in packs of four.
2: Yeah, but, Danny, what if I told you half of the words are made up and no one's ever heard them before?
3: (laughs) I would say that Bernstein probably disagrees with you.
2: Okay. All right, well, he's a virgin. (laughs) With two kids.
1: I disagree with you. There
2: was one today. You're like, that's not a word. I was like, actually, Are, it you, is. You can't tell me that you've heard of the word "coffer" before. <laughs> I, I, like, not in terms of someone who coughs, but <laughs> it, it, like it's it's. We're far enough in. It's it's almost five o'clock. A coffer is apparently a type of like wardrobe chest, whatever. I've never heard that word once before in my life.
1: Haven't you heard it as a plural? Like, oh,
2: I've got that in in your coffers. You no. of no, because I have closets.
1: Re- reach into your coffers and, no. and offer that. I will offer you that from my coffers. I don't watch
2: Downton Abbey. <laughs> I'm assuming they say it in there. Yeah,
4: yeah, they
2: probably a, do. That yeah, would be like I said yesterday. We fought a war to not have to watch Downton Abbey.
1: That's yeah. That's true. That's funny. Yeah, that's true. I've I never, can't. I, I've, <laughs> <laughs> no, he can't. No, he cannot.
3: Wow, I can't believe Wordle's still going. It, like, it felt like it disappeared from social media. That guy cashed it in for a couple of million bucks. A bunch of knockoffs were born out of it.
1: No, everybody plays it still every day.
3: But no one posts about it on social media anymore.
1: Because nobody wants to see anybody else's post. they, they so got think, no attention.
3: But you think everybody is still playing it? I,
1: I, I bet more people are playing it now than were at the beginning. That was the whole thing. Like, the New York Times has now spread it uh, spread it wide. Showed up on Curb this year.
3: Right? No, I, I, I know. Sugar, I know. It felt Sugar. old. It felt old. It felt it felt a little dated to me mm. that, that that it was that it was on Curb. But all right, connections. So what do you, what do you want to do today? You could do something today. I bought new basketball shoes. Yeah, you did. I can't. You're going
2: to roll your ankle in those shoes.
3: I can't return them right after I play. Oh uh, yeah, you can. You think so? Yeah,
2: yeah. One day, sure. Oh, I did it with a suit one time after a wedding. What? Yes.
1: I know musicians who've done it with guitar amps. Buy the amp, play the gig, return the amp. <laughs> it's pretty brilliant,
3: it's, I mean, it's a bad guy move, but yeah. I, I don't have any use for basketball shoes after tomorrow. Return I, them. All right, I might return them. No, nah, man, they're, they're, they're nice. Legacies. I know. They, they, they do look nice. They do look nice. What are those? They're the new Devin Bookers. Mark Grody's got a very compelling Bears report today uh both with quarterback analysis observations experts players talking about the bears including brock bowers parkinson spiegel on the score
0: odyssey celebrates mother's day brought to you by t-mobile you can count on t-mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network
4: we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio